autistic people experience and process the world differently and experience some of the greatest inequalities of any group in society. Currently, we run a mixed economy of provision, but we are bringing in our own bespoke service, and that's called the video hearing service. The most important thing of all is to engage with and listen to and work with autistic people as the service continues to develop. We want to really understand when it might be right and when it might not be right to hold a remote hearing. Welcome to this Inside HMCTS podcast. Recently, we've been looking at how to make courts and tribunals more accessible for neurodivergent people. Neurodiversity is a concept to express how different people may think, interpret and process information and interactions. Some of the people who need to use our services will have very different requirements. And it's really important to us to make sure that neurodivergent people aren't disadvantaged or discriminated against when they need to access justice. So today we're talking about remote hearings, which take place online with some or all parties in different locations and the work we're doing to make them more accessible. I'm joined by Nikki Reynolds, Deputy Director of the Future Hearings Programme, which is using data and innovation to improve access to justice and support our commitment to open justice. And I'm also joined by Adam Micklethwaite, Director of the Autism Alliance. So, Nikki, could you start by explaining what neurodiversity is? So what kinds of characteristics or access needs might neurodivergent people have if they're getting involved with the justice system? Hi, Liz. Uh, thank you for the question. Um, so neurodiversity is, I, I see it as an umbrella term. Some people have described it as a framework, which is really quite a nice way of describing it, I think, which is a framework to understand that some people's brains work differently. So it gets across that not everybody's brain works in the same way and there are people who experience the world differently to most other people. So they might have, you know, different social preferences or they might have different ways of learning. They might have different ways of communicating or just generally different ways of perceiving their environments. I think it's really tricky to be talking about specific characteristics of people with neurodiversity because there's such a broad range of how neurodiversity may manifest um, and we're on a, a learning journey with this. Can you explain a bit more what is a remote hearing, um, how does it work and, and how could they support some people who work with us who are neurodivergent? Remote hearings is a term that we use for any remote participation in a hearing. That can mean that all participants in that hearing are remote or it could mean that just one or just a few of those participants in that hearing is remote. It's a judicial decision and that's really important to say. It's not for us in HMCTS to be saying whether a hearing um, can have remote participation or not. That has got to be down to the judiciary. But we do provide that option for them. Currently, we run a mixed economy of provision. Some of the services that we run are off the shelf. So we have limited scope in those services to change the interface of how that works. And so if it works for people with autism or not, then it's almost down to look or how, it, how well it's being designed. But we are bringing in our own bespoke service, 
that we have full control over how that interface works and that's called the video hearing service and so that's the one that we're testing with um, Adam and his and his team and with that service we've got a little bit of leeway to change the way that interface works to make it fit the greatest number of people. Now turning to you Adam can you tell me a little bit about Autism Alliance and its aims? Yes of course so the Autism Alliance is a national partnership of charities, not-for-profit organisations that support autistic people and their families. Um, and those charities provide different types of support. So some are regulated providers of adult social care. Others provide education like uh, special schools and specialist colleges. And others provide more general community support. The Alliance is a national body and we support government and policy development. We campaign nationally on issues that affect autistic people and their families and we work together to improve practice. Could you perhaps share some of your thoughts on challenges that autistic people may face in accessing justice? Autism is a type of neurodivergence. Autistic people experience and process the world differently. They could have greater sensitivity to their environment, so uh, lights and sounds and textures and tastes, smells. They might experience and process social and communication situations differently, so they might communicate in different ways. They might find it harder to read social situations. They might have intense interests and they might also have a lower tolerance of uncertainty. So a range of different things that autistic people might experience. But the key point is that every autistic person is completely individual. So everybody experiences these differences in their own way. Autistic people experience some of the greatest inequalities of any group in society. Those are pretty shocking statistics on life expectancy, um, on the risk of suicide, um, and on the very, very high proportion, almost 80% of autistic people that develop poor mental health. And that is because society is not accessible or inclusive for autistic people. There are barriers everywhere and coping with those barriers on a moment by moment basis, on a day by day basis, builds up stress, which over time can escalate towards crisis. So it's vitally important that we have public services and indeed a wider society that is accessible and inclusive to autistic people so that we can help them to have happy, healthy, fulfilled lives um, and we can address some of these terrible inequalities that there are. So clearly justice is a, an important part of that and uh, any public service that's going to support autistic people needs to consider their specific interests and needs and experiences. So it's excellent that HMCTS are looking at neurodivergence in its broader sense, but within that, looking at different types of neurodivergence to make sure that service and support that you design can be as accessible and inclusive as possible. Um, and I've been really pleased to start supporting the team developing a remote hearing service to start exploring some of the issues that they will need to consider as they develop a service that can be inclusive for autistic people. It sounds like being in a, a court or a tribunal environment could, could be particularly challenging and stressful. So I know you've seen our, our new video hearing service. Uh, that's something we've specifically developed at HMCTS to try and facilitate court hearings remotely. So can you tell us, what, what did you think about it? What did you feel were the elements that might particularly help autistic people? Or were there any particular bits you'd like to see improved? I thought the focus on uh, trying to make the experience as simple and clear as possible was very welcome. Uh, that's particularly important for autistic people who may find it very difficult to cope with things that they're not expecting or that they that haven't been fully explained to them in advance. 
they might need more time to process certain parts of the the user journey and to interact with those things. So the focus on making it simple and clear was was very welcome. I think on a first look at the the prototype of the video hearing service, there was certainly a range of things that we were able to suggest that HMCTS should look at. In particular, you need to be quite careful with language, so you need to avoid language that is too non-literal. Um, because autistic people frequently will will take a very uh, take a literal interpretation of what is being said. There's a video which introduces the uh, virtual hearing service, and the talking on that video is on the rapid side, so it probably needs to be slower and more considered, and with more pauses, and maybe with more time for people to stop and reflect and say, "Do you have any questions?" Uh, there were a couple of points where. Uh, things happened that might even if they've been prepared for might still be off-putting for autistic people so there was one point where a jingle happened um as something uh, started i think it was the hearing itself suddenly kicking in and the video starting so that jingle might be off-putting and these are very simple things but they might be off-putting to autistic people the other uh, point i would make is that preparation is essential so if you look at the the idea of the the whole user journey so not just the hearing video hearing itself um, and that immediate period preceding and following the, the hearing. But actually looking back to the point of first contact uh, with HMCTS and then various interactions that the person might have with a solicitor or with the HMCTS staff or with the judge, getting that process, that lead in absolutely spot on is perhaps the most, the single most important thing of all within this user journey making sure that the process is prepared for, that everything is very carefully explained. There might need to be a trial run for the autistic person to experience what this will be like before they then go into the real thing. Um, and just making sure that all the ground has been laid. So you've given us uh, some details, a few things about the service that you've seen, the video hearing service as it stands and how we could improve that. But can you tell us how you'd like to see it develop further? either the specifically the video hearing service or also our approach to remote hearings in general um just so that we can meet more of the needs of autistic people well i think the most important thing of all is to engage with and listen to and work with autistic people as the service continues to develop clearly the same is true of other um, of people who uh, are neurodivergent in other ways so the process of user-centered design really needs to work well for this group do as much as possible to ensure that the voice the insights, the feelings, the beliefs, the values of the people who you are designing for are coming through um, and being embedded then into the design of the service. Neurodivergent people can also have other needs um, and some service users might need other kinds of adjustments, for example, if they are disabled. Are you able to tell us how might video hearings help someone who is autistic but who also has a range of intersexing requirements? I think it go, comes back to this idea of understanding the individual and also the degree to which the system is able to flex in the way that it operates to accommodate and adjust for different needs. So at that highest level, the principle is the same. You need to talk to that person, understand that, listen to and understand that person. You need to make sure that happens. That's the point. It needs to happen in the process long before the point at which you get to, um, you know, needing to put a, put those adjustments in place. So in the case of autistic people, they are, autistic people are more likely to have a range of co-occurring conditions. So four in 10 autistic people will have a learning disability. They might also have other conditions like ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, 
so all of these things need to be understood it's inevitably a learning journey for everybody as well so i'm not anticipating anything anyone would, would anticipate that you get this right first time when you are starting on this journey uh, but having a process of of continuous feedback whereby hmcts and court staff and the legal profession and the judiciary can all learn as this is happening and uh, continue to improve the way in which this is done, I think is um, another key principle. I would agree with everything that Adam has just said there. One of the reasons why we've um, made links with Autism Alliance is that we want to really understand when it might be right and when it might not be right to hold a remote hearing. Um, the the ultimate decision about whether or not there is some remote participation in a hearing is uh, sits with the judiciary. But, you know, it, it's our job in HMCTS to make sure that the judges have the right information so that they can make a good decision. As you said, it's, it's a judicial decision as to whether any hearing can be held remotely. But, Nikki, are you able to tell us if a judge decides that a remote hearing is suitable, what kind of adjustments are we able to make so that we can specifically support neurodivergent people? Well, that's a really tricky question. I think it's like, you know, what, what do they say? You've met one, if you meet one neurodivergent person, then you've met one neurodivergent person person and actually their needs can vary wildly so I'd say part of this is about really understanding what does that individual need rather than seeing people as a homogenous group and saying well therefore if you fall into that category we can apply these types of mitigations it's like what do you personally need in order to have the best experience with this hearing one of the reasons why we are starting to test the video hearing product with autistic people is so that we can make the user experience as positive as possible. I'm not just talking about the litigants and defendants, I'm also talking about possibility, um, legal representatives or judges themselves. You know, there's lots of people who have neurodiversity in one way or another and we want to make it work for everybody. So it's not just about those people who need that little bit of extra support, it can also be professionals. So what kinds of sort of specific characteristics or experiences might we be talking about here? What what sort of considerations do we need to keep in mind when we're trying to support neurodivergent people? Well, bearing in mind, we are at the start of a very long journey and we are learning as we go, which is why we have made a link with, with Adam and other people. So definitely not experts in this area. But some of the things that we are considering are things like, does that individual have anxiety in a new place or surrounding a new setting? And can we use remote hearings to um, improve their experience because of that, because they can access the hearing from a, from a more familiar setting? Or conversely, does that individual have difficulty picking up social cues or body language and therefore would it be better for that individual to be in a physical setting where they get to see people in their entirety rather than just head and shoulders. Can you perhaps tell us a bit more about how you've developed your approach and how uh, what kind of considerations have gone into the video hearing service? The video hearing service has been designed by the judiciary and it's out and it's being used in um, jurisdictions and it will be rolled out later next year. What we're doing now is testing that interface with people with neurodivergence and then we can build in any kind of amendments that they think that we need. By the time we roll it out on a national level, we've built built in as many of those changes as possible. It's not just about the technology, it's 
also about how we communicate with the users, how we ask them about what their needs might be other than technological needs and how we can get that information through to courts and through to the judges so that they can make the right decisions in that right moment. We've spoken a lot about differences, that different people have very different requirements. And it really sounds like it's very important to have a user-centred, a person-centred approach in this area. So, Adam, are you able to perhaps give us a few more examples of what that might look like, how we could engage with people better to find out more about what will be helpful? Yes, of course. So, first of all, it needs some specific knowledge of neurodivergence and whatever type of neurodivergence or combination of different types of neurodivergence that individual is experiencing. In my case, the partners that the Autism Alliance works with, the support autistic people and their families in communities every day have specific knowledge of autism and experience of working with autistic people. Um, As I said, some of the ways in which autistic people are different can be harder to identify, sometimes not present all the time. We've spoken about working more with the community and with organisations like yours and, and really asking what people need. But how would you like to see things develop? How would you like to see the justice system become more accessible? So I think it's brilliant that HMCTS are already doing this and have started on this journey. Um, and my experience of HMCTS with previous work has always been that team, the organisation is very open to to inclusion, to accessibility and to really getting design to be as, as accessible as possible. So it's great to see. So I would say there are a few things. One, keep the mindset in that place. So don't lose that. Don't lose that fundamental commitment of the reform programme to be genuinely inclusive because we see other areas of society where the word is used, but the reality doesn't really bear that out. And it's particularly hard when there are so, you know, the world is beset by so many pressures. But I think keeping that mindset is fundamental to be able to make progress on this and ultimately to deliver a better service. We should remember that the principles that underpin better support for for neurodivergent people in this case, but also for other types of other groups that experience barriers are frankly the principles that help make a better service for everybody. Nikki, is there anything else you wanted to uh, highlight or to comment on? The work that we're doing uh, in the remote hearing service has been the first few steps on what is probably going to be a quite long, even on going journey as we HMCTS learn more about neurodivergence and as we society learn more about it. What I'm striving for, especially in the early years, is improvement and not perfection. So as long as we're getting better, as long as we're learning, as long as we've got that open mindset, I think we're on the right track. Thank you very much, Nikki, for taking the time to share your thoughts with us today on how we can make accessing justice better for neurodivergent people. And thank you also, Adam, for joining us and talking about some of the practical ways we can make it easier for autistic people to attend remote hearings. If you'd like information on how we're working to make sure our services work and are more accessible for everyone, please search on gov.uk for HMCTS Equality and Diversity. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found this podcast interesting and do please join us again soon for another episode.